team. Good evening. Happy Thursday, not happy Wednesday at all. So thank you for your understanding for yesterday's slip up with the internet. I live in the countryside and the internet sucks. And I haven't quite plucked up the courage to fork out what is genuinely £270 per month for Tesla's Skylink or Elon Musk's Skylink thing, which apparently is meant to be like mind-blowing internet. But it's also a mind-blowing price. Um, so I'm dealing with two separate internet connections, two separate uh, routers. It is a great laugh. But alas, team, we do with what we can. We deal with it and we crack on. So just got to get one bit sorted on my camera. Apologies, I've realised it's not quite straight there. We get stuck in. There we go. Should have done it before we clicked record. But we're away. Team, happy Thursday. Welcome to this evening's call. What we're going to do this evening is we're going to dive into the exciting world of routines and habits a little bit more kind of touching on the art when we were going through the ideas of routines, rituals and rules. But for this, I want to give you some actionable stuff that you can take away because this is exactly what every single person here needs to hear in order to have success. This call will be the secret to success over the long term when it comes to dealing with your progression. So let's dive into it. I always get this wrong. I can't click the screen. The power of routine. Now let's talk about routine and let's figure out what routine actually means, folks. Because when we look at routines, we can get, we can be guilty for draw, getting drawn into the social media thing of the latest morning routine. And literally, genuinely, I thought this was a joke. I genuinely saw a video um, the other day of somebody talking about their five hour morning routine, five hour morning routine. And that was legit. I thought it was, I thought it was satire, but no, it wasn't. Uh, it was indeed somebody talking about their five hour morning routine, which quite frankly, ain't nobody got time for that. So how do we find some routines going to fit for us? Well, that's the key. That is the absolute key here, folks. We need to figure out what works for us, but also we need to figure out what we actually need because when it does come to routine, when it comes to actually looking at what it is that we're trying to achieve, we need to break that down. When we break that down, then we can figure out what it is that we want. Because when we're putting together our routine, we need to protect something called the bookends, which I'm going to come on to in a minute. But when we're protecting the bookends of our day, we are all of a sudden setting into a routine. Now, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier today, and he was like, do you know what, Ben? I don't think I really have got a routine. And then listed off what was quite a routine in their day. Because the thing is, you can either know about your routine because you have consciously set it or because you're kind of going with the flow a little bit, you've subconsciously given yourself a routine. And either way, you're still following it because what is routine? Routine is doing the same or similar things every single day, five, maybe seven days a week. Certainly for the weekdays, certainly for the weekends, you may have a different routine for both. We will go into that as we go through this. Now, when it comes to the power of routine, what does that do? Well, I'm the guy that's going to bang on about a morning routine until the cows come home. But why do I do that? The reason that I do that is because your morning routine will define the outcome of your day. When we talk about morning routines, what we're talking about here is what you do when you get out of bed. That first hour, maybe two hours if you've got the time of your day before you then start your day. Because one of two things are going to happen. You are going to start the day in a reactive state or you are going to start the day in a proactive state. If you're in a reactive state, you are in a place where I feel like a lot of people find themselves, which is, quite frankly, you start the day, you've clicked snooze a few times, and then you roll over, and then, you know, you just might grab your phone, and you might scroll for a little bit, you might check the emails, you might check the news, you might check your notifications. We have all been there, folks. And the thing is, then what happens? Well, if you get caught in doom scrolling, half an hour's gone. 
oh my God, it's half past seven. You're going to get out of bed. And then all of a sudden it's a super rush. You've got to get the kids sorted. You've got to get the stuff sorted. You've got to get your, you know, your bits and pieces done before you got to get on the car. And then when you get in the car, then you're rushing, you're getting frustrated because there's traffic. And then you're taking all of that feeling into work. And then you continue through your day in a more stressed out state. And the thing is, folks, because we are doing this, we are reacting our way through the day. Being proactive is having a little bit of discipline into our day so that when we do get out of bed in the morning, we do something for ourselves. We move our body. We are doing certain things that make up a more positive routine. We are starting the day proactively by starting the day for us before then going into the rigmarole and the dramas of the day ahead. And let me get this straight, folks. You know, if you start the day by watching the news, you are reacting to what's on the news. Like, there's nothing positive on the news anymore. There really isn't. Partly because negative news sells really, really well. It's clickbaiting. It gets people engaged. But at the end of the day, it's not doing our mental health very good by just plugging into that all day long, especially with the current state of the world that's in at the moment. I'm not saying don't have your finger in the pie of current affairs, but coming from the position of, you know, I was an intelligence analyst in the army. I was in, I had my finger in every single pie when it came to current affairs and, you know, the development of what's going on in the world because we had to know that sort of thing. It's an exhausting job. So why are we giving ourselves that job? Now, it kind of sounds a little bit self-centered, and I kind of feel like I have to be a little bit more guarded and protective as to how I say this, but the stuff that's going on in the world, does it directly impact, and the answer could well be yes here, folks, does it directly impact your today? Now then, I'm going to carefully say this, because if the answer is no, it doesn't mean you can just chin it off. It doesn't mean you don't have to pay attention to it. You, you, you can, but think about it this way. Do you remember when I've said about the analogy of the Kilmer jar with the tennis balls and the golf balls and the sand and the peas and stuff, you know, and, and, and where your bandwidth and your energy goes for the day? For those who don't know, the cliff notes of that is if you've got a jar in front of you, that is the, the container of your energy for the entire day. That is your container of energy. Now, you're going to fill that energy. If you just react to stuff, you're going to fill that jar with just dirt and frozen peas and small, small volume, uh, sorry, a high volume of small sized stuff bit like in the Pirates of the Caribbean um, film where he's got his jar of dirt. But the thing is, you've got more important things going on in your day. You've got bigger stuff to deal with. These are your tennis balls. These are your golf balls. And you're putting that in the jar. Well, if you've reacted to all the small stuff in the day and your bandwidth has been taken up by this small stuff, then you haven't got any space left in your jar for the tennis balls and the golf balls, which means you don't give attention and bandwidth to those things. However, if we get that Kilner jar and we put the tennis balls in, and we do those first, and we allocate our energy and our time and our resources to those most important things in our life, then we're going to have some space for some golf balls. The golf balls might be the slightly less important things, but still relatively important in, in, in relation to everything else. And then the noise of the day, the dirt and the frozen peas and everything else will fit around the edges and around the sides of those most important things. What we do with our morning routine is we are setting ourselves a structure of our day. And we are prioritizing the tennis balls and the golf balls in our life. And I invite you to think about, while I'm rabbiting on this evening, I invite you to think about what your tennis balls and what your golf balls are that are taking up the largest amount of space and the largest amount of bandwidth requirement from your jar of energy. Or is it a case of actually, do you know what? Maybe I'm just going with the flow a bit too much in my life and I'm allowing my jar to just be filled with dirt. I'm going to deal with this fly. I'm sorry, it's right here. I've got a ring light in front of me and this silly fly is flying right in front of the camera and it's putting me off every single time. So just give me two seconds. Sorry, I'm going to see if it just comes out of the way a minute. I don't know if you can hear in the background. It's just like buzzing of flies. It's really frustrating. Now then, the power of routine. Well, 
I mentioned about bookends before. Let's talk about the bookends of the day. Now, I'm going to caveat this by saying I'm pretty good with the first bookend of the day. And the last bookend of the day can be changeable. And the reason I'm saying that is because I'm a normal human being too. I'm not a robot. I used to be a robot. I did, genuinely. When I was in the army, there was a reason my nickname in the army was Beep Boop or Robot or Turnabot because I was a little bit of a rigid robot once upon a time with zero personality. And now realize that, you know what, people have got to have a life as well as they're dealing with their personal development and everything else they're dealing with. So if we can focus in on the bookends of the day, we're focusing on the morning and we're focusing on the evening, the front cover and the rear cover of the day, the bookends. Now, as we are progressing through our day, what we need to do is if we're protecting this, we need to first and foremost ascertain how long that bookend is. Sorry, still dealing with a fly. There we go. How long that bookend is. For example, is it an hour of our morning routine and an hour of our evening routine? Or is it based on our lifestyle and based on our work um, life balance and everything else? Is it more of a case of, do you know what? Maybe the morning is two hour routine. Maybe the evening is a five hour routine. It, it really doesn't matter. It just depends on you isolating some time either side of your day. Now, when it comes to the bookends, let's start in the morning. We've already glossed over it already. You know, it's taking care of your morning routine. So you start the day right. Well, what about in the evening routine? Well, you know, I don't want to be doing things to like jazz myself up in the evening. So it's exactly the opposite. It's doing things that are allowing you to calm yourself down, prepare yourself for good sleep, and then tick down from the day. Because the last thing you want to be doing is going to bed with loads of stress on your mind. You don't want to be going to bed with things on your mind and just like things playing around. You don't want to have to go to bed, you know, as soon as you're done running around after all the chores and all the bits and pieces. You also don't want to be going to bed on a very full stomach because we are gravitationally fed beings and then being laying down in the supine position is not aiding our digestive system. And that's also going to impact our sleep. So we're setting ourselves up for good sleep. If we can set ourselves up for good sleep, we're setting ourselves up to get up in the morning at the right time, do with the right attitude, with the right energy and pressing forward. The most important of these two bookends is indeed the morning. The day that the day, the time that you start your circadian rhythm, the time in which you begin your day, you wake up and you you start your day with intention is the most important time of the day. The second most important time of the day is the day is the time you go to sleep. Now, as much as it's fantastic to get eight hours of sleep, I realize the reality of life is we don't always get that. However, we can control the time that we get out of bed. It's probably the most controllable time of our day. And my challenge to you folks is if you find yourself going to bed late, first and foremost, address why that is. Second of all, still get up at the same time. Because if we think, well, do you know what? I get up at six, which means I should go to bed at 10. But actually, I went to bed at 11, so I might get up at seven. What you're doing, even, even by an hour or so, just shunting that circadian rhythm, you're starting to mess things up in terms of your sleep cycles. And you're starting to mess things up in terms of your feelings of alertness and your feelings of being awake and starting the day in the morning ahead. Does that make sense? So for example, if we just say, hey, do you know what? I have another hour in bed. Well, your, your body doesn't know Monday from Tuesday in reality, it, but it does know the routine, the habit of getting up at six o'clock every morning, which is why if you did it for the next three or four weeks and you got up at six o'clock in the morning, for example, every single morning without fail on the first alarm, then after that four weeks, you might not need an alarm because you'll start waking up there or thereabouts at that time. 
And equally, there's also, have you ever had that time you're like, oh, I've got that meeting at seven o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. I can't miss the bus or I can't miss the train or I can't miss that timing. I have to wake up at six o'clock. And then you wake up one minute before your alarm. Anyone ever had that? I've had that quite a few times now. And and it's, you know, it's been like, oh, I've got to get up by seven o'clock or whatever. And then they're woken up at five to seven without fail, alert and ready to go which is amazing really, because the body then understands the time in which it usually gets up and it understands the, the weight of influence that that time has on us. So when it does come to understanding our bookends, I got to stress it, I can't stress it enough. The time you wake up is the most important time of the day. The time you go to bed, yes, it is important. Absolutely, do get some good sleep. And you know, I track all my sleep and stuff through my Garmin watch. And it always... Loves me a lot more when I've had a full eight hours when it when or compared to when I've had like six hours of sleep and it, it's just a massive disappointment. And you'll look at your scores and be like, okay, well, my heart rate variability has changed. You'll look at your stages of sleep when you go into your deeper rapid eye movement areas of sleep. Well, that will always be in the latter part of your sleep cycle. So if you're going to bed at midnight and getting up at six, for example, when usually you go to bed at 10 and get up at six, well, you're missing out actually on the two hours of that REM cycle, that rapid eye movement cycle, that the most influential, beneficial and healthiest part of that sleep is being cut away. It's not the first part that's being cut away at all, because the first part's always going to start when you go to sleep. It's that latter part. And that's why it's important to try and normalize the time in which you go to bed, which I understand doesn't always happen. And, you know, when it is a time where you don't have that much sleep, you're going to have to suck it up and get up tired at six o'clock in the morning. And that's fine. If it's happening on a chronic basis, then we need to understand why and what's what's influencing our factors here and what we need to dial in. And, and there are things that we can do to deal with that. However, on the whole, trying to be able to monitor and regulate our sleep is the most important aspect. Now then, what else can we do in the bookends? Well, if we're looking at the bookends, then we need to be looking at, whoops, we need to be looking at what we can do in that time. So when it comes to the morning, I feel that we need to be doing three things. We need to do something for ourselves, we need to do something for the body, and we need to do something to make us uncomfortable. Now, bear with me here. Like, I'm not just going off on some weird tangent. When I say self, I mean doing something for you. Something meditative for you. It doesn't naturally need to be meditating, but I'm saying having something to enjoy your own time. For some people, that could be reading a chapter of a book. For other people, that could be just be sat outside. Honestly, for some people, that could be the process of making a really good coffee, sitting down with no distraction and enjoying that coffee. It's the calm before the storm of the day. It is what we do to clear our heads, to gain some perspective. And in the, in the world, according to Ben and my bias on the world, I feel that that should be an outside activity because I'm an adventurous kind of guy and you're here because you vibe with that. So that is what I think. That is from my experience. Now, when it does come to doing that, I want to introduce you to my routine because I really don't overcomplicate things. I think there's a lot of people that usually overcomplicate stuff that you should be doing all these crazy different things in your morning routine. And quite frankly, a lot of it's pretty bullshit. So we need to ensure that we are simplifying things, but it is something that we look forward to doing every single day. Now, for me, I get up at six o'clock in the morning. It used to be five. And I'm really glad it's six. So have the extra hour in bed. That's good because I've been chronically going to bed a little bit later of late. So I need to ensure that I'm working with my own routine here to make sure I'm um, setting myself up for success. Get up at six o'clock in the morning. I get up and I get out of bed. Don't click snooze. 
There are days, genuinely, there are days where I have clicked snooze and I'm like, no, come on, don't click snooze. And that's because I'm tired and I've gone to bed later than I anticipated and da, 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 da. And it's so easy. It's so easy to click snooze and just chin it off. And if I have clicked snooze, I've sat there and purposely kept my eyes open and been like, you've just clicked snooze. Come on, get on with it. Get out of bed. And yes, I might click snooze, but it'll last a minute, if that. Now, when it does come to getting out of bed, doing something for myself, well, I go downstairs, I get up like a, I make a shaker of water and stuff. Um, I drink, drink that. So I've got 750 ml of water in a shaker. I will drink that while the dog is eating his breakfast. While he's eating his breakfast, I'm drinking the water, putting on a pair of shoes and getting his lead and stuff. We go for a walk. It's a few K around the little wee loop that we've got around the house. And then one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to jump in my cold water pond uh, if there's no one around. Unfortunately, I have almost been caught with my pants down uh, by some people in the morning, which is a little embarrassing. Um, or I will come home and jump in the bin, which is a much safer option um, to get some cold water shock for the day, going on to the discomfort part, which I'll come on to in a minute. Now, the self part is going for the walk with the dog. I don't take any distractions. Yes, I do have my phone, but I don't look at it. It stays in my pocket, firmly in my pocket, and I do not take it out because I'm enjoying, at the moment, it's just about at sunrise, so I'm enjoying like the crack of dawn, I'm enjoying the dog doing his thing, I'm enjoying the sounds of the early morning, and just kind of getting out, and just clearing my head, doing a few deep breaths, that is something I'm doing for myself, come home, either I get in the pond, or I get in the bin, and I have some cold water immersion for the discomfort part, well why do we need to do discomfort, now the thing is, our comfort zones are really nice places to be, that comfort zone could be food, that comfort zone could be the sofa, that comfort zone could be John Wick 4, which I'm going to watch later on tonight. That comfort zone could be anything we want it to be. The heating's on, mm, it's cozy time. We're in winter now, I want to light the fire and I just want to sit under a blanket. I don't want to go and do things that are uncomfortable. Ben, I don't want to have a cold shower. I don't want to get cold and wet. That sucks. Uh, that doesn't seem like fun. The thing is, when was the last time you did something that genuinely wasn't fun and you purposely did it for yourself? Maybe that's going for a workout. Maybe that's like, oh, do you know what? I can't face that workout class or that workout session today. I really don't want to do it. But then you went and did it anyway. And you didn't regret it, did you? Because nobody ever regrets a workout. It could be the difficult conversation. That's a, that's a difficult thing to do. You're pushing your comfort zone. If we voluntarily subject ourselves to discomfort, we are voluntarily forging a more resilient mindset. I'm going to level with you, folks. I do not enjoy cold water immersion. I don't. When I'm stood in front of my bin, in my pants, and I'm warm, and it's cold outside, and it's raining sometimes, and I've got to get into a 250-litre bin of water, I can think of a million and one things I'd rather do. The thing is, A, I know I feel fantastic after, and B, I'm purposely doing it because I don't want to. Even on the pond, like the pond's a lovely place. It's beautiful, it's got a lovely view, it's very idyllic, and you know, there are some beautiful mornings and we're surrounded by deers and the dog loves it, it's great. Looks fantastic. I'm gonna level with you now. I have stood, last winter, there are times where I've stood at that pond for half an hour with no shoes on, stood on my wellies, contemplating whether I wanna do it or not. Been like, oh, I really don't want to do this. Really don't want to do this. Really don't want to do this. Oh, I can't be bothered. To get to the point where I'm like, oh, not today. Maybe I could just, oh, not today. And I'll put one welly on and it'll be like, oh, do you know what? It's bothering me that I'm not doing this. Come on, get a grip of yourself. Go and do it. Now, I've just wasted a bunch of time, but I'm going to go and do the thing anyway. I'm going to get my kit off. 
I'm going to get in that water. It's going to feel even colder because I don't want to be there. It's going to feel even harder because I don't want to be there. And because of that, I will make a point of either jumping in or getting myself in really quickly, get my head underwater straight away, come out, breathe, focus. And then I usually give myself an extra minute. So it's four minutes instead of three. Stay in there for three minutes. If I've procrastinated like a little bitch for ages, then I add another minute on just because I need that extra bit of resilience. It is definitely still cold. And yes, you can breathe your way through it, but it is definitely still cold. And the, re the reason for the benefit of this is when I get out, I feel phenomenal. I feel brilliant. I'm buzzing. I feel great. I feel fantastic because I've done something that was hard. I've done something that sucks. I've got a new perspective on my day and it doesn't matter what my day uh, holds for me ahead. I've, got, I've overcome something. And then I can quickly put my kit on, grab the dog and walk back. Or if it's in the bin, I can just get out, put a pair of shorts on. And then I'll do some form of movement for my body. So we've gone through the self part. We've gone through the discomfort part and then my body. So I have like a daily table stakes kind of thing where I get out and I'll do at least 10 of each pull-ups, push-ups, dips, and chin-ups. I do at least 10 of each. And sometimes I video it and put it on stories because I'm that kind of guy. And I make the point not because I want to be a bro man, but I make the point of only having a pair of shorts on when I'm doing that because it's even colder. Because working out with cold muscles really is quite, it's really, it's really hard. It's really difficult. Everything feels harder. And to maintain that cold state makes everything more difficult because I want to be warm and cozy as much as the next person. But by just extending that exposure to the elements, I feel a bit more connected to the world. I feel colder. And I feel like I've got to work a little bit harder to keep warmer. And I feel like I earn the shower a little bit more. Because once I've done that bit of movement, I'm done. That's my morning routine done. I've got to have a shower. I'm going to have some breakfast and I start my day. Half past eight, I'm good to go. And that entire morning routine, inclusive of shower and breakfast, will take me an hour and 15 minutes. That's it. It doesn't need to be a huge amount of stuff. It just needs to be something that you, you know that you can start your day with. Now, don't get me wrong. There are days where things will change because I'm maybe not staying at my house. Or, you know, if I go and stay on my partner's house, then that's a different situation. So even then, I'll get out and I'll do something outside. Even if it's just I don't have the pull-up bar, so I'll go outside and just do 30 or 50 push-ups, whatever. Uh, again, same clothing state. Can't do cold water, but I can just get cold on a November morning, funnily enough. The dogs are in the garden doing their thing. That's good. I'm ticking the boxes and I'm maintaining a routine. Maintaining a routine and doing something for myself, i.e. getting out of bed on time, having a bit of quiet time to myself, doing something for my body, i.e. moving it, getting the blood pumping, moving my muscles, doing something that makes me uncomfortable, which usually involves getting wet and cold. Sometimes it's just a case of getting cold. By doing that, I start my day right. It doesn't need to be extreme. It doesn't need to be completely out there. It doesn't need to be a million moving parts. It just needs to be something that you know you can stick to. And equally, it also needs to be something that will bother you if you don't do it. What else is bothering me is this fly, which I still haven't got. So stand by. Let me see if I can grab him. I did get him as well. Look at that. Fantastic. Good. The fly is done. Now, what I want you to think about, folks, is what you can do with your morning routine. Because when we look at our morning routine, I want you to think about whether it's serving you or not. I want you to think about what you do in the morning and be truthful. This is not a this is not a, an opportunity for self-loathing, but it's also not an opportunity to think that everything's perfect. I want you to be critical of what's going on here. I want you to think of this and go, right, in the mornings, do I get out of bed at the same time? What's the first thing I do? Do I look at my phone? Do I check the news? 
Do I do some bullshit that doesn't help me? Do I stay in bed? Hmm. What do I do? Do I do something for myself? Anything from a chapter or a book to a walk outside to a podcast to a whatever. I don't care. Whatever. Do something for you. It could literally be a morning stretching session. I do that in the evening. So come on to in a minute. Am I doing something for my body? Am I moving my body? This is not a planned training session. Unless you just so happen to work out first thing in the morning. This isn't a planned training session. This is your table stakes to get into the day itself. This is what you do as your non-negotiable. You could roll out of bed and do two minutes push-ups. That's it. That's cool. That's mega. But you have to do those two minutes push-ups to start your day. Am I doing something to be uncomfortable? Am I doing something that's challenging me? And the best thing we can do here is get cold and wet because it takes a lot of mental resilience to do it. And you can do it in a shower. You can do it in a bin. You know, and those little loomy pod things that seem to be marketed everywhere on the face of the earth at the moment. You could do it in a lake on the, on the hillside. Whatever. You could do it by wearing less clothing to walk the dogs. Sounds weird, but... Wearing shorts and t-shirt to walk the dogs, environmental exposure. It's uncomfortable. You're not going to die. It's going to be uncomfortable. That's good. Uncomfortableness is good. This will make you stronger. And then when it comes to, whoops, sorry, pressing the buttons. And then when it comes to the evening, well, clearly we don't want to be stimulating the body before we go to bed, but we do want to be calming the body down. Now, I'll be the first to admit, it's difficult to put your phone down at night, the last hour of the day trying to put your phone down should become a practice but if you're like me and you like texting people at night or you're texting away your partner girlfriend boyfriend whatever dog i don't care whatever texting away then clearly there's a trade-off to be made there because you want to talk to that person in the evening in which case i've got some blue light blocking glasses you can put the um, screen change thing on your iphone so it goes into more of a sepia colored screen to protect from blue light you know you can put things in precautions but that's talking to a person, not scrolling for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours because time gets eaten by scrolling. Equally in the evening, trying to eat, you know, ideally two hours before you go to bed, but minimum of an hour before you go to bed. Try not to have your meal within that hour. We're gravitationally fed, driven machines. So the digestive system works off gravity. So we might as well eat as early as we can. So we're setting ourselves up for success. Yes, there is an exception of having a high protein snack, like maybe protein yogurt, whatever, before you go to bed. And there's benefits of having that overnight protein stimulus if you feel that you need it based on your training stimulus. But on the whole, not eating before you go to bed, really good move. And then also doing something for my body. Well, I like to try and, if I can, if I can afford the time, have a stretching session of around 30 minutes before going to bed. You know, just stretching off, especially if it's been a big training day and I'm pretty stiff, it just feels great. You can do that with a TV on, really doesn't matter. But Having that, going through that mobility routine, that stretching routine, really, really helpful, beneficial thing to do. And that's it, folks. You know, when it comes to organizing your routines, we don't need to overcomplicate things. But there are things that we need to do to make this uniform. There are things that we need to do in order to actually stick to it. Now, when it comes to what we were speaking about before, routine, rituals, and rules, when we look at our routine, rituals, and rules, we need to make sure we actually stick to them. And this is honestly the task that everyone will chin off. It really is. It is the task that a lot of people will chin off. It's the task that people go, oh, I don't really want to look at my routine because I'd rather just, you know, get my training plan and then, you know, eat some good food. That's great. But all of that will pay into insignificance if you're not in control of your own life and your own head. You're the driver. And you need to make sure that you're sat firmly in the driver's seat. 
maybe the car isn't the best analogy here. If you're the pilot of your plane, the pilot will always get into the plane and do his pre-flight checks. That is his routine. He will always follow the rules of how to fly a plane. He will always have his little rituals as he is flying, before he is flying, as he is landing. To ensure the success of the everyday mission. And you are on an everyday mission. To ensure the success of that, you need to get a grip of your routines, your rituals and your rules. Your routines, morning and evening. What the hell are you doing with your life? Your rules. When do you eat what you eat? What are your rules around food, nutrition, eating the same breakfast, eating similar lunches, planning your evening meals, cutting down the snacking? If you are snacking before training, like making sure it's working for you, it's beneficial. Don't just give in to eating shit in the evening. You know, if you've got the option of a prepared meal or, you know, going out for a KFC or a pizza or whatever, have the self-discipline to say, hey, no, I've got a prepared meal in my fridge or a freezer. You know, we'll have that meet up later on. Or I don't need to sit and eat those crisps or that chocolate or, you know, have those extra bits of food because I'm an adult and I can wait till dinner. Sounds insultingly simple, but this is where everyone slips up. Routines, rituals and rules. What are the routines, rituals and rules that you follow in your life? It is imperative to have them. We are ordered people, ordered human beings, ordered creatures. We thrive of routine, rituals and rules. Not to a humongous extent. I'm not saying you need to have your entire life regimented, but I mean you need to have those pre-flight checks. Those pre-flight checks are what's going to guarantee the success of your day. And that's where routine, rituals and rules come in. So to round this off, what do I think that you need to do right now? Here is what I feel like everyone here needs to do right now. It's half past six. This evening, I invite you all to go away not now, I'm not telling you to go away now, to go away, get a notebook and write down, what time do I need to get out of bed in the morning to ensure somewhere between seven and nine hours of sleep per night? What time am I going to get out of bed in the morning? What time do I need to start my day? And the best way to figure that out, it sounds dumb, but the best way to figure out what time you need to get out of bed, what is the most important timing of your morning for most people that's leaving to go to work or drop the kids off and work back from there? What's the morning routine? What do I want it to be? What do I want to do? Do I want to do I like the idea of going for a dog walk? Do I like the idea of drinking some water and having a decent breakfast? Do I like the idea of spending a couple of minutes and just reading the first chapter of a book? Whatever it is. Like, great. Estimate the time for that. Give yourself an hour and fit that hour in. If it's half an hour, it's half an hour. If it's 15 minutes, it's 15 minutes. But find that time. That's what I feel like you need to do. Get a notebook and write that down. Once you have written that down, once you have written that down, then as we progressing forward, then what I feel that you need to do is then go, right, what is the state of my evening? This is where things get interesting. What is the state of my evening? Am I just a passenger post-dinner eating chocolate, sat watching TV, go to bed at some point when I finish binging Stranger Things? Or is it, hey, I go to bed at this time. I need to sort my life out and try and go to bed at that time. Do you need to be a little bit more assertive and maybe open up the conversation with the people that you share a house with? Probably. To go to bed before midnight? Probably. To set yourself up for success to ensure that you're getting somewhere between seven and nine hours of sleep per night. So go away, get your notebook and write down 
What do you want your morning routine to be? What do you want your evening routine to be? What is most important to you? And how does that fit with the time you've got? The routines, the rituals, and the rules. If you haven't done that homework of routines, rituals, and rules, do it for this week. And do it by the end of the week, by the end of tomorrow. Figure out what your routines are, figure out what the rules are, figure out what the rituals are for your everyday life. And if you're stuck, send me a message being like, I don't know what my routines are. And when you do send me that message of what your routines are, then send me a follow-up message straight away as to how you spend the first two hours of the day and the first la and the last two hours of the day. Then you will write down what your routine is. Because when you write that down and you send it to me, I'm going to say the same thing. Like, well, it sounds like you've got a routine then. Is it working for you? Is it not working for you? That will be my next question. If the answer to that question is, yeah, it's working for me, great. Can you improve it? No, it's not working for me. Great. How do you make it better? Because when we make these improvements, we are bringing out the best version of ourselves. Because I'm going to round it off with this saying right now. If you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always got. If you always do what you've always done, you're not going to progress anywhere. You will reach a plateau. You will reach a point where you cannot go any further. And the painful thing is to change things, is to address things, is to push things, is to figure out what you need to do in order to progress. And I'm here to help facilitate that for you. So if you are stuck, and genuinely, if you, you are stuck, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, say, what are you doing? I can't believe you're stuck. I'm gonna say, hey, look, this is interesting. Send me a message and be like, Ben, do you know what? Frankly, I'm stuck. I don't know what my morning routine needs to be. I don't know what my rules are. I don't know what my rituals are. I'm stuck. I don't get it. I don't understand. Send me the message and we'll talk it through. If not, get your notebook. And if you want that extra level of accountability, write it in a post in the community group and share it. Here's a challenge. Do it, right? And then tag someone else to do it. That's the challenge. I'll put that up as a thread tonight. So I will put a post up first. And I'll say, this is your challenge. And we're going to do this challenge tonight. This is your challenge. This is your homework, right? Comment in the comments what your routines, your rituals, and your rules are, what your morning routine is, and what's going to work well for you. And then tag someone else. So just click at, and then whatever name comes up, click it. And then they have to then answer. There you go. Now there's a challenge. I'll put that post up within the next half an hour. And then we'll go from there. So it's giving you some time to think about it. So there we go, team. Routines, very, very important. So easily chinned off, so easily chinned off, but incredibly important. So let's go forward and let's productively do this. We don't need to turn into robots. We need to turn into accountable machines that we can move forward in a productive manner. We need to take back control, do our pre-flight checks. Monday morning's routine is to wake up and check what this week's challenge is. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I hope you're all enjoying this week's challenge. Very slightly different, this one, uh, in terms of involving other people. And quite frankly, I wanted a challenge that was going to broach the uh, bridge the connection gap. It's all fine and good doing these things for ourselves. But quite frankly, folks, I know I've certainly felt this, um, certainly of, of, of late. Having that connection with somebody is something that's really, really important and something so easily chinned off again. And just reaching out to someone and saying, hey, not spoken in a while. Let's go for a coffee or let's have a chat or how are things with you? Really, really important. Helps the world feel more connected. 
helps your world feel more connected because it can be a lonely, lonely place. So team, thank you very much for your time and attention this evening. I hope you've enjoyed this evening's call. Um, I will have this uploaded in the podcast this evening. This will be on replay, ready for you to enjoy later on if you have missed it or you want to catch up again on it later. But until then, team, I'll see you in the network apps that we can get that challenge up and we'll crack on from there. So team, thank you all very much and I'll catch you all next time. Peace.